0: This is Corolla Digital.
1: Hello, my little garbanzo beans. It's me, Allison. and Welcome to the show. Before it officially starts, we have time for, you know, a little bit of discussion. First of all, I want to say thank you so much to everyone for all the really nice things that you guys have been tweeting and um, Facebooking and saying and emailing about the fact that I am engaged. Um, it's been really nice to read everything. And if I sound a little down right now, which I don't know if I do, maybe I am just that good at sounding chipper or maybe not. Um, it's because I saw my parents over the weekend and um, just inadvertently, they kind of uh, just got in my head and pushed some buttons. And now I have that feeling of just – it's not even – it's not even – it can't even – it's not even thoughts. It's not even words. It's not even like I feel this way because of this. It's more just like I feel like jello inside, like someone just reached in and – and like my brain is a snow globe and I've just been um, turned upside down. And now the, there's a whole bunch of dust floating on um, the cityscape that is my soul, and, but not in a beautiful way because I know that that sounded pretty, but no. And uh, actually, here I'll give you an analogous emotional situation. Although what I'm going to describe has nothing to do with what happened this weekend, which is why it's so weird. And I'm wondering if you guys can relate to this. But the thing I'm about to describe is very specific, actually. So uh, here we go. There's also a, there's a hair on my lip. That's what we're dealing with right now. Um, so anyway, imagine you're like away from home for the weekend or for a week or whatever, and you decide that you're going to go out on a limb or this is going to be the weekend or the week or whatever, that you tell someone how you actually feel or that you take a risk or something. By the way, again, this has nothing to do with what happened this weekend. It's just the same feeling. And then finally, at the end, you do it. Let's say that you have a crush on someone and that person lets you know that they don't return the feelings um, but that's cool because you guys can still be friends, right? And you're sitting there and you're thinking um, – well, you're pretending that it's totally cool. Yeah, no, no big deal at all whatsoever. You know, Yeah, you guys can totally be friends. And inside you're thinking I am going to be falling apart soon but I'm going to hold it together till I get away from this situation and then I'm going to have the reaction to it. Um, again, that has nothing to do with what happened this weekend but that is how I felt. Like I just feel like I need to go somewhere else to just – untangle the knot in my head. Um, And uh, also, similarly, I feel awful. So that's me. But yay for me. Uh, And I wanted to share that even though I have no way of making myself feel okay about the fact that I just shared it other than I just barfed it all over you. But I love that you guys can be my barf receptacles. Okay, Uh, I believe we have time for an iTunes comment of the week.
2: Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them, yes she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right, this week's iTunes comment of the week comes from Mike B SLC and is titled "Best Friends Talking and Farting." Allison is personable, hilarious, quirky, quick, perceptive, and a skilled interviewer. Thank you. She goes shallow and deep with guests. That is, fart jokes are interspersed with compelling insight.
1: Thank you. Or by it, the way, that is how women on The Bachelor say thank you. Thank you.
2: Or Go is ahead. it insight interspersed with fart jokes? It's Either both. way, you like it, she brings it. Compelling personalities are opened up by Allison and farted on. No, that's not it. She provides. She provokes rich, wonderful conversation from her guests and keeps us laughing all the while. Just subscribe and see what I mean. You will love her and love her guests more than you did already. The show's title is spot on. Meet your new best friend.
1: I love you. Too bad my heart is such a closed over piece of coal right now that nothing can penetrate. I'm just being melodramatic. Anyway, I love that comment. Thank you. And I personally love, um, I love insight mixed with farts. That's kind of, I'm like I'm like 65% insight, 55% farts. That's the composition of me. Anyway, now, I know this is completely unconventional, so I hope you're sitting down. I need to do a – there's a segment that I normally do in the show, which you know well, but I need to do it right now because I received this comment. It says, just get to it, and it's two stars. Hey, Mark Marin called. He wants the first 25 minutes of all his podcasts back. Enough with the opening self-stroking session. Just get to the point. I thought there would have been plenty of time for the Jim Jeffries Part 2 podcast, but you spent 15 minutes talking about yourself. Jesus, I know it's free, but come on. Uh, that was the podcast where I told the story of how my boyfriend proposed to me. So I'm sorry that that interfered with your enjoyment of the uh, interview. But first of all, you're a dildo with feet. Second of all, you're a butt plug. Third of all, Go fuck yourself. Hey. And first of all, perhaps this is not the podcast for you because this is the podcast that begins with me talking about stuff. And if I just want to sit here just talking and talking and talking and eating up your precious time with my emotions and using this annoying voice that I'm using right now, then I will. So you know what? Hey. 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 Go fuck yourself. But I love the rest of you. And um, also, I should let all of you know that um, this is it's a shock. I have my period right now, which is why I'm extra cunty. Okay. Gary, what are we doing right now? Oh, I know. We're doing fan phone call. I believe first we'll be calling Vince. Hello. Hello. Is this Vince? Yes, speaking. Hi, Vince. This is Allison Rosen from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Oh, hi. Hi. How is your weekend going?
0: Not bad. Not bad. How was yours?
1: Oh, it's, you know, it's good because you answered because I was afraid that it was going to go to voicemail because I'm like, that's just the kind of luck I'm having.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing the podcast and that seems to be happening a lot lately, especially the, uh, the beep and it goes straight to voicemail. I so, know. yay, I answered the phone call for
1: you. Well, Yay. I mean, what made you decide to pick it up? Because that's apparently not the popular thing to do these days.
0: (laughs) Um, I honestly was looking at it like Glendale, and I was like, who do I? I don't know anybody from Glendale, so I was automatically thinking, oh, it must be you. That's the only reason why anybody would call me from Glendale.
1: And it was! How exciting is this? I mean, I'm excited.
0: It's unbelievable. I it, uh, I would do cartwheels if it was physically possible for me to do cartwheels.
1: Are you just not very limber?
0: There's that, yes. And I don't want to hit a wall.
1: Mm. Are you in a small a small place that's not friendly to tumbling? Well, I'm kind of big.
0: It's a cartwheel. It's it's a cartwheel. You have to be upside down and you have to spin and I. Seriously, could hit a wall.
1: Could you now? Here's a question: Could you do cartwheels when you were young? Because I never could. I could never do them well.
0: I I used to, but at the same time, I used to always do it at the beach. So if I fell, there was very little fear involved. You'd be like, "Oh, I just fell on some sand." So I you know do a lot of cartwheels, one-handed ones, and everything. But now I'm indoors. There's no way you're going to get me to do it.
1: What you did one-handed cartwheels at the beach.
0: Yes, I did. It was during, you know, that Cisco song song video, and he did that one-handed cartwheel, and all my friends were like, we have got to do a one-handed cartwheel. You
1: have fun friends.
0: (laughs) Do you, wait. They're just very pushovers. I can just get them to do anything.
1: Do you know the cheer for, have you seen Bring It On?, um, I can't say that I have. Mm. Sorry, Sorry, Gary. I, I tried to find you another cheer friend. Um, wait, have you ever? Can you do an aerial? That's where you just do the the cartwheel with no hands.
0: No, I can't do that. No. Mm. All right. So this what? This is an awesome subject to talk about.
1: <laughs> I'm fascinated. I am personally, uh, and and I just do what I want because that's the kind of person I am. To do, but just today. So Vince, and, what, what do you do when you aren't hanging out at the beach?
0: Uh, well, uh, right now I'm playing Mr. Mom. Uh, before that, I was working at Google, and I was working overseas in Korea as a teacher. And yeah, now my job is Mr. Mom.
1: Oh, well, how old's your child? I hope you have one, Ron, else so that's is, weird.
0: No, yes, uh, I play Mr. Mom for Stray Cats. <laughs> um, uh, he is three years old, uh-huh. coming four soon. And as soon as he starts to go to school, uh, I'll probably look for work then. But right now, it's just me, him, and his mom, and she's working, so I'll just take care of him while she's doing that.
1: What did you do at Google? Uh,
0: I can't say. Uh, I was working on something there that, um, oh, well, I technically, I think I can say it came up for Android. It was this new app and everything that, uh, that you know, it's kind of, you can't really talk about stuff when you're working there, and you really can't talk about stuff once you leave.
1: What will happen?
0: Um, well, they have, They make you sign the little agreement that says that you can't talk about anything as you're working there. And then if you leave there and if you talk about something and they find out it's you, then they can probably take everything I own.
1: Wow. It's like the yeah, firm. And, mm-hmm. But not. But it is a yeah. little bit. It's a reference I well, make. Yeah. It doesn't usually work for people. Yes. Um... And and where are you? Where are we reaching you?
0: Oh, I'm in Seattle
1: now. Oh, did you know? You probably don't know this, Vince, but I'm going to let you in on something. I've never been to Seattle ever in my life, ever, that's never ever. Sad.
0: That's sad. That's so sad. I've only lived here for about a year and a half, and it's really great. It's a great I w- place to live.
1: I will be going there at one point this year. Yeah, no, I've
2: never been there either. I'm excited about that trip. That's gonna be fun.
1: Me too. I've been, don't you feel like we should have been like mo- that's a, a city that most people have been to, right? Yeah. Gary, we're
2: also going to Portland, which I've never been to, and I'm I, I was happy about that too. Yeah, it, ha- they seem too close and cool for us to not have. I know. Shot up there. for I know. A weekend.
1: It's like we refuse to go further north than San Francisco. Except I have been to Portland. Um, <laughs> so wait, well, is it
0: Corolla? Corolla loves it here. He, apparently, this is the only city in the world that doesn't upset him. So you should definitely visit.
1: He, uh, he says that we're going to be in Seattle with him. We'll see if he's really like, oh, my God, look at his sunny disposition. What, ha- what happened?
2: <laughs> That's what I'm counting on. Yeah,
1: I know. Um, wait, have you done that thing where they throw the fish? Because I was watching – this is going to be now the second Bachelor reference I've made in this show so far. And um, I was watching Slow that. For you. I know. (laughs) And they were throwing the fish, and I thought, hell, that's so cliche, Seattle, because I remember this from the opening of The Real World Seattle.
0: Yes. um, It's it's right at the market. You really can't miss it. It's like one of the very first stands that you see there. And, yeah, you you go there, they throw the fish, and whenever somebody buys one, and they do the little cheer for it and everything, it's a lot of fun, I guess. I'm going
1: to be an iconoclast, and I'm going to go to Seattle, and I'm not going to throw or catch a fish. Mark my words.
0: Well then, they probably won't let you leave. It's kind of a law here. Oh, you no. have to be a piece of salmon fly through the air. It's it's kind of a thing.
1: God damn it! All right, fine. Unless I want um, to say that forever, I maybe is it
0: possible. Is it possible that I could ask you a question? That's another reason why I wanted to uh, chat with you real quick and see if you gave me a call.
1: Uh, sure, try us.
0: Okay, okay. So the question is going to be sort of like about. Um, um well what kind of i'm trying to really think about how i can word this properly without sounding like a jackass oh great um, <laughs> <laughs> no it's more like about like um like a tolerance kind of question and it's more of a feminist tolerance kind of question which is why i wanted to ask you specifically
1: okay but i'm going to tell um, you right now i don't know if i can answer it
0: okay okay well it's more or less like uh, i was going to ask you know how Lately, it's kind of in the air about masculinity and feminism because of the whole Seth McMarlin thing, the Oscars. And then you get the people that are women that are now allowed to play in Augusta. And I was wondering for you, is it okay that some men or, or, you know, whatever kind of class you want to say, like it's okay for them to have their own thing that slightly excludes? Another type, like a girl kind of thing. Like, is it okay for men to have a boys-only club? Because right now it seems like girls, women, especially feminists, seem like that's completely not a good thing to have anymore. So yeah, that's hmm. my question to you: Is it is it okay for that to be in existence, where there is some sort of exclusivity for? A, men and women.
1: Well that is a good question and I'm sorry that I started out by saying I don't know if I can answer it. I'm in a very you know how some people are like I'm just going to say yes to the universe. I'm just saying what huh uh, to the universe today because I'm kind of just in a um shitty mood. So I'm sorry that I I'm sorry that I wasn't more welcoming to your question. And hang on one second. Hey Gary. Okay. This thing about women okay. Augusta is that sports?
2: Yeah, that's where the Masters <laughs> yeah. is played. It's a golf. Yeah. It's a very, very exclusive golf uh, country club.
1: Oh, oh. So are people? it, Wait, was, so male, why are... it was
2: male only for the last like three hundred years? And, and what they just, just happened? Admitted Condoleezza Rice and one other uh, CEO of a company based out of I think Atlanta. Oh. Two women It was the first time they'd ever done that.
1: And the idea is that women need access because business deals are done on the course and stuff.
2: I think the idea is that this is the last. Uh, well, not the last, but the the last uh, major exclusive club that was male only. I think it right. was. I think it was white only until something ridiculous, like the 80s or 90s. Okay,
1: um, I let me think. I this is not my definitive answer. This is my answer right now. I think it is okay for there to be men only things if there are compelling reasons for it, such as. If it's a sporting thing, and women would get hurt, or you know like there are men only bathrooms and women only bathrooms, but something like a social club i'm not I'm not really down with that okay although I mean men only fraternities, I don't have a problem with that, and I don't have a problem with sorority although- i mean actually I have a problem with fraternities and sororities, but the fact that they're men only or women only that doesn't really bother me so i wonder why i feel um well
0: because i was thinking it's okay like as a guy if i hear that there's a women's only anything i automatically don't uh, you know think like oh there should be a man in there but i kind of feel as if for most um women that that's sort of how it it comes out it's like If they ever hear that, like, oh, it's men only, you know, somebody has to go, like, no, 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 a woman has to
1: be in there. Right. Well, I, you know, honestly, I think it's, like, if it's something that women want access to, then I think that's where it becomes a problem. Like, I think that there are certain people who will will fight everything just on principle alone. I am not personally one. Like, if there's a a men only gym or a men only class, just like there's a female only gym um. That's fine, but if it's something like, like the, a country club where people want access to it, then I think that it should be uh, it should be opened. That's what I think. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Well, okay, what? So wait, it, what do you think?
0: Oh, I I I don't think it's I don't know. I, I feel as if that's another reason why I wanted to ask you is I wanted to ask somebody that's in an area and around people that are in media and in places that I probably would have never imagine I could get invited to, is just, like, to see the, the class system of, like, well, do women really care that much that a man's only club exists or anything like that? Because me, personally, I don't think it's that big a deal if if it's a woman's only anything or a man's only anything on on really any level, even the Augusta thing. I was thinking, like, well, it's just a golf course. Like, I don't but know my, my hunch
1: would be that it's much my hunch would be the people who are upset about it regard it as much more than just a golf course. Like it's a place where it's, it's like a power symbolic. broker kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: that, that's like senators, CEOs. There's like right. 200 members and it's like the elite of you. Right.
1: Right. If it was like a racquetball court at the Y, I don't think anyone would give a fuck. So <laughs> I think that that's what it is. So anyway, Vince, thank you for your question. We actually have to go. Um, but I hope you have a good rest of your day and thank you so much for listening and for posing a good right. question.
0: All right. Thanks you too. Have a good
1: one. Bye, Vince. Bye. He was delightful. Uh, Gary, can you do cartwheels?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. Could you ever? I think I could at one point. I'm not mm-hmm. sure.
1: You know what I was thinking about recently, just to keep on this fascinating tumbling theme. Do you remember how frequently you used to do somersaults as a kid? I feel like if I were to, if someone were to say do a somersault right now, it might go well, or it, I might be regretting it tomorrow because my neck would hurt or something.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't do a lot of somersaults. Oh, really? I'm, I've always been... Until, I was, until <laughs> sorry, I was... I'm
1: about to laugh and I haven't even heard what you said.
2: No, until I was uh, far past somersault age, I was disproportionate in my body size. I never really... You mean... I was gangly and weird. And I never really had the best uh, coordination of, of all my... I couldn't get everything going at the same time. So <laughs> i didn't sorry, fuck sorry something sorry
1: that I'm laughing. So no, you, were, you were like a puppy. Because puppies can't really do anything. They're just floppy.
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. You had a high
1: center of gravity.
2: Yeah, I was adorable. That's, that's, that's true.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think you missed out much on somersaults, but I do feel like somersaults were something that I was doing all the time, backwards, forwards, really rolling around in my head a lot.
2: I'm not touching that.
1: Yeah, probably shouldn't. All right. I need to tell you guys about our good friends over at GoToMeeting, brought to you by Citrix. We love them. We love GoToMeeting. Let's say you're right in the middle of doing a somersault, and then you hear a ding if you happen to have your alerts on, and it turns out that your coworkers need you to come into the office for a meeting, but you can't. You're somersaulting backwards, forwards, side to side if you're into some kind of newfangled kind of breakdancing, somersaulting, which, hey, it's possible. That is why you need to go to meeting, because you can meet with them face-to-face right from the tumbling mat. You could have your hands in that chalk stuff they use, which, by the way, in the last Olympics, I was like, wow, I'm seeing the chalk all over everything, and I don't remember seeing that all over their legs uh, in the past. Maybe I just didn't notice. I don't know. We should all meet on GoToMeeting to discuss it because I need to know whether I'm just noticing things that I didn't notice before or whether I am actually keenly observant. It's the kind of thing you can discuss on GoToMeeting. You can meet with uh, – it's, it's crystal clear – HD video quality so you can see each other, you can see people's reactions, you can hear each other, of course, and you can collaborate on documents, you can give someone else control of your screen. Anything that you can do in person, you can do from the convenience of the place where you do gymnastics, the coffee house, your bedroom, your living room, your lanai, if you have a house that has one, you could do it basically from the airport, really you can do it from anywhere. And you can also host a meeting on your iPad now, which is super-duper awesome. And I love GoToMeeting. Gary and I use it. And when we end a meeting, I feel lonely going back to email. So start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. My listeners, that's you guys, can try it free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com. Click on the Try It Free button and use the promo code Allison. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code Allison. Try it free today. And, you guys, this is exciting news. We are giving away another iPad. We already gave away one, and now we're giving away another. I'm still bitter that I have to give it away because I want it, but that's okay. That's how much I love you guys. We're going to be giving away another iPad. And if you want to win it, start thinking about if you could host a meeting from anywhere, where would it be and why? Think about it, and then ideally get it into tweet length. We're actually going to be tweeting. We're going to tweet and we're going to say, tweet us your answer with a certain hashtag. So be on the lookout. Basically, just check Twitter every one second. Check it right now. Every one one second or two. Um, All right. That's that. So get ready to win the iPad that I wish that could be mine. Not bitter. No, kind of bitter. All right. This has been long. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm long-winded because it's my show, and that's how I'll be if I want. Except next time, hopefully, I'll be <clears throat> in a better mood and maybe a little more mature. Anyway, you guys, here is part one of my interview with Jenny Mollen. She's great. It's great. You're great. Everything's great. I love you. LC- Everyone, hi. Hello, it is me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am here today with Jenny Mullen, actress, writer, woman who has two adorable dogs. We actually have more than two dogs, right?
3: Well, I have three, but I only love two of them.
1: Okay, because one is a miniature pincher yeah. that belongs to your husband, exactly. actor Jason Biggs. Exactly. What's wrong with that dog?
3: He's like my stepson, and he's sort of like a meth head. I mean, he's just really <laughs> fucking annoying, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he he's he doesn't get to go on trips with us. He has to stay in L.A. I mean, does your he's just a lot like to it? handle? I think he does. My husband <laughs> doesn't really deal with them as much as
1: I do, right? So, you know, as a result, now do I'm you stuck with him? Do you think this? Shitty personality, if I can go so far as yes. to say that he oh, has yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he would agree. But he's really actually good looking. He's probably
3: the best looking of our dogs. He's like that asshole Do you mean like, asshole for hot showing guy? or like if you're going to have sex with a dog? Like if you'd want to have sex with him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's really attractive, but he's like a male bimbo. Hmm. Who's on crystal meth? <laughs> he sounds delightful. And pees everywhere.
1: Yeah, see, do you think that that's just his personality or do you – Or Or does he just hate me? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I do – when I go to the vet,
3: I do sign him in as Harry Zier, which is Jason's ex-girlfriend's last name, (laughs) not our name. Right. Uh, You know, so maybe he does – maybe he does resent me in a way. Mm -hmm. Wait, so did Jason own him with his ex? Not really. I actually am obsessed with his ex and want – to be friends with her. <laughs> but yes. Let's
1: talk about that because yeah. you okay? You have a column for The Smoking Jacket mm-hmm. and you just sold a book, right? Yes. That's so exciting. What is? Tell me about what the book's about. Well, the book is called
3: I Like You Just the Way I Am <laughs> and it's a collection of memoir-esque essays, uh, just me basically not taking the high road in any situation. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that because uh, that's kind of – I mean I think I'm a – good person and i do care I, I worry actually far too much about what other people think and i don't ever want to hurt anyone's feelings but i'm aware of my own petty emotions right and i feel like people who pretend they aren't I they're hate just those people they're they're liars yes right yeah do you think they don't feel this is what i always wonder do you think they don't feel them or do you think they just don't own up to it
3: oh my god i think that all women are crazy and if they tell you they're not they're totally fucking lying to you and <laughs> probably trying to trap you in right you're talking some about sort of marriage to just men in right? general. Well, no, to each other as well. I think, yeah. and I think, you know, even my girlfriends, uh, they're just like Jenny. I mean, I don't even think that way. I'm, I'm happy for whoever it is. I'm
1: glad that like he's moved on, and I'm just like, that's bullshit. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, what about your exes? Do you want them to have moved on ever? Well, no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I would find it really hard to believe that any of my exes are completely over me. Yeah. <laughs> Not like really. I mean. I'm sort of joking, but I'm kind of serious. (laughs) Like I sort of wish that, um, you know, my – well, my main ex doesn't speak to me because I did maybe make a short film about kidnapping his wife in an attempt to make her like like us and want to hang out with us. And he didn't appreciate that? They were not thrilled with us. (laughs) Okay. So this is the one that you wrote the column about, Right. Well no, I don't really talk about him as much because he's boring. I'm more interested in Jason's ex because she's
1: Oh right, sorry. Sort of just this mystery
3: to me. I love all exes. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I even love other people's exes. I just think there's something there that just it's just like ripe for comedy. But see, you're totally right about the fact.
1: Like I'm realizing that when I think about it, when I think of my ex and his now wife, right. I don't think of him thinking that she,
3: that she's better than I don't you. I think no. He, no, I
1: don't imagine that he thinks she's an upgrade. I, no, I'm like this thoroughbred not. that he couldn't keep up with. Yeah. And, I and just he imagine had to settle. He, yeah. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> of course. When I hear myself say that though, I realize that's probably not how he thinks about it. But sometimes I'll lay
3: in bed at night and this is so fucked up, but I'll be like, Jason, isn't it weird to think? That someone who I've dated has gotten over me. <laughs> now, what does he say? <laughs> he laughs because, I mean, it's, I'm obviously kidding, but at the same time, I do think it's like, I'm fun. <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine them having that much fun with somebody yeah. else, especially a girl who's not secure enough with, like, wanting to be friends with me and, and my husband. I mean, I am married. It's not like i right. yeah. And
1: I did break up with him. So it's right. like, what is her deal? Right. Some people don't enjoy fun. They don't. I mean, they don't appreciate they really
3: it. don't like fun capers, mischief. Right. You know, they Daring like to. they like boundaries, which I'm not a big fan
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> like you're aware of them and then you disregard them or Yeah, kind of. Okay. Cuz yeah. cuz I have a problem with boundaries just in that they I sometimes don't recognize them. My own or other people's. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, I think I recognize some of the boundaries, but I just feel like they don't apply to me. Yes. It's almost like I'm I have like, you know how people have service animals? Mm-hmm. I have a actually a service animal that Doesn't do anything. He just wears the service animal vest. Is that teats? Teats. But Mm -hmm. I do feel like I'm that way with boundaries. Like, I feel like I am sort of exempt because I have like a service badge on that says I don't have to follow.
1: Right. Well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So tell me about your obsession with Jason's ex. My
3: obsession. Well, it started out – I try to explain this to people and every time I try to explain it, I just sound crazier. So, you know, just try to try to I'll go with me on this. Okay. Yeah, uh, basically, when I met Jason, they had just broken up, probably six months prior, mm-hmm. and this girl was like, you know, devastated, and really, I think, did love him, and uh, you know, started like making a web series about him breaking up with her, whatever. Just had this like purgation of emotion. Is she an actress? Mm, or a- no. But if she made a web series, she's a she's. In I mean, the at industry. the time she might have been acting. Okay, but um, you know, she was really close to the family, and then like dramatically cuts them off, gives him back like everything he's ever bought her, which I also think is weird mm-hmm. because I would keep everything <laughs> and then some. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, so she was really upset, and then when she found out that he was we were dating, um. You know, sort of by default, she became obsessed with me. And it was so exciting for me because Jason's (laughs) famous and I'm not. And it was like, I had my first fan.
1: You know? How did you know she was obsessed with you?
3: Well, my mind maybe <laughs> like she loves me. No, she. I just felt like she was doing things that I would do, which is you know, um, look at my MySpace page, maybe like right. check out. Well, you know, who? What am I? What am I? What I'm about? You know. So of course, I would tailor my profile to like suit her needs, <laughs> and I really just started to feel you know every it kind of be kind of it kind of became an obsession where every day I was like, you know, sort of performing. Mm-hmm. For her in a way that would soothe her, though, or in a way that would make her... Just think I was awesome, basically. But I didn't want her to be upset because... I I'm not malicious. That's the, the, It's really not coming from a malicious place. Mm-hmm. And then when she got over Jason and sort of moved on, I was like, wait, Jason, do something cute. We need her back. <laughs> I need my fan. And that's when I sort of took things to the next level maybe and was almost kind of cheating on Jason with his ex-girlfriend because <laughs> I, you know, staged – a run-in and Mm -hmm. then kind of became friends with her and started hanging out with her and maybe gave her back a Balenciaga purse that I had already carried down a red carpet that used to belong to her. (laughs) Uh, You know, we just sort of became friends. And then I wrote about it for the smoking jacket. And now, you know, she wants nothing to do with me. Because you wrote about it. Yeah. And I, I think she learned a lot of things that she didn't really realize. Like what? That I may have impersonated somebody on Facebook to befriend her. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that the part where
1: your friends think it's crazy? <laughs> hmm. Where's the turning point well, for them? Well, f- my
3: friends just think it's weird that I give a fuck about somebody that, you know, that I don't think Jason was – because it's funny. It's like I don't think she was th- that big of a de- – I think I had a harder time getting over her than Jason did. Mm-hmm. Is basically. How long was is? he with her? Uh, I think like two years. Mm-hmm. But you know the whole—it was all like a fucked up relationship. I think it was just more uh, the idea of—I uh, don't know—it kind of made Jason even hotter. I was like, somebody else wants him, and I get him. Yes, <laughs> you know, right? So yeah, because you know, relationships can get not not boring, but it's hard when somebody's being consistent and not like devaluing you as a person. Mm-hmm. And- it's hard
1: to keep that spark.
3: Right, yeah, and not make you feel unworthy or inadequate in any way. So right. it was exciting to feel like, oh, he's kind of a bad boy. Other people want, him. <laughs> and you know, and I felt like she was my fan. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, see, I have a lot of curiosity about my boyfriend's ex girlfriend, and we'll yeah. have long conversations where I'm just asking questions, right? Because it's I, hard to picture them with someone yes, else. Yes, yeah. yes, but I in the the funny thing is that I feel like. Oh, this is not, like, weird interrogation that I'm doing because I feel like, well, I'm – but I'm coming from this place of, like, just pure, genuine right. – and I'm being honest, curiosity. Yeah. So it's okay that we just spent all this time talking about totally. that. Totally, And I almost I, – I imagine what it would be like if the three of us got coffee even though I don't yes. think we should. I don't think we should totally. and yet I want to yeah. because I want her to know that, like, I'm so nice. Yeah. I, I have nothing but um, good feelings towards her. Totally. I would probably feel tw- – I would – here's the thing though. I would be like that's a good idea and then afterwards I would somehow feel awful and I'd wonder why I did that to myself. Well, I set this girl up on a date with my
3: acting teacher and then went on the date with them. <laughs> <laughs> Was this – Did you write about that? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> it may come up. But – uh Yeah. No. And it really did. It started because my ex hit the girl, the woman he married was just like, you can have nothing to do with Jenny. I don't want you talking to her anything. And I'm like, I'm fucking married. And I broke up with him. And we weren't having sex for like, at least the last eight months we were together. So I don't know. Did he tell you that? Or did she tell you that? That she told me, he told me that like, they could, I couldn't, we Mm -hmm. couldn't have anything, you know. And um, I think because of that, it was really like, The way I treated this girl, Jason's, it was a reaction. It was like I needed to be different from my ex's wife and I wanted to like embrace her, Mm -hmm. like have her be a part of our group. (laughs) And, you know, and I don't think she really,
1: you know, was down for any of that. Are you upset that she won't have anything to do with you now?
3: Well, yeah. It ended because, you know, the article came out and then I didn't see her for a while and I thought we were still on good terms. But then I was getting a mani petty like, at this place near my house with my mom. And she walks in and she's seated across from me with her mom Mm -hmm. and, like, does not look at me. And they're wearing giant sunglasses. They don't want anything to do with me. And I'm, like, texting her, like, are you mad at me? (laughs) runyon next week like yeah so now i'm just like you know i'm leaving it alone and i'm just kind of like checking out her instagram
1: every couple days (laughs) i um i talked about that on this show i don't do a like a lot of facebook stalking yeah but the the guy that i lost my virginity to my first boyfriend um i guess the per maybe it probably for everyone but it is cliche but the person that I lost my virginity to sort of looms a little larger because that that was probably one of the most fucked up relationships I've ever been in. I mean, that's right. the, the relationship that got me into therapy and right? <laughs> that was sort of like the, the super gnarled, fucked up yardstick against which yeah. I measure my progress since then. Sure, sure. Um, and he – this guy has zero digital footprint. Like – I don't Any, like people like no, that. No, it's I weird. Don't trust so it. I actually started wondering, could he have died? But I'm like, yeah. no. But if he died, that there would be an obit or something. Right. So anyway, one day, I um I couldn't believe, like somehow I stumbled across property records uh-huh. of um in ho well in Hawaii actually yeah. yeah uh of him and the girl he dated after me. They're married. Uh, they own property together. What? And I was like, but it, I was like, I can't believe. And then you know, yeah. like I like. You know, a couple more clicks, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm staring at a big picture of him on Facebook. Oh, my god! And it, it was so we- – it's this thing that I've – like, oh, my God, he's – he there, there he is. Yeah. And he's with her, yeah. which is weird because I figured he would have cycled through a lot of women right. since then. Right. And – um. Anyway, though, yeah, I fa- I, I uh, found her Instagram, and occasionally yeah. I look at it, and then I think, what am I doing? Totally. But it's so fun. It's but just I'm like so, fun. This is what I'm always afraid of. Whenever I I do that, that though. they're going to notice that you've been there. Like, see, yes. like who's well, visited I'll- this page. I'll accidentally I always... like something. <laughs> if it's Facebook you know, or even Instagram. Stop it. I'm so scared. I'm so scared that I'll have like a nervous twitch and my finger will like a photo because that, that would make me look like such a stalker. And I'm not. See, I don't even care. They can think – and I
3: don't even care. Like that's the thing. Who cares if they think you're a stalker? I think that's even funnier. It's like cool. I mean I'm crazy. I, yeah. <laughs> all guess... women are this way. All yeah. I think all men do this too. I think you think? Yes, I think it's human nature. I don't think that people should look at this as like, you know, with any sort of shame. Right. See, I think,
1: We all do it. I think I feel embarrassed over like I'm things... big, I'm a bigger
3: person. I've moved on. I should be not,
1: you know, over this. Right. No, it's not that. It's more like I'm embarrassed over the fact that when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, I think that I did do things that were sort of stalkery is too strong, mm-hmm. but very just like probably unconventional or inappropriate Like i just i did not know what the hell i was doing with the opposite sex and right. so i would have have been like let's do a drive-by yeah 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 you know but maybe everyone does that but i yeah, feel like I how could i think that really <laughs>
3: i mean <laughs> on jason's ex
1: because <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes okay, <laughs> she'll be walking
3: her dog and i just need to see what she's wearing has she ever caught you i've gotten out of my car and like that's how we first met i got out of my car and introduced myself to her has anyone ever taken a restraining order out on you? No. I don't know why. I mean, you'd think that's happened. It's actually hard to get a restraining order. My sister needed one because this uh, her husband's ex was like breaking into their house and doing all of this bullshit. But it's like, you know, she's like a five foot two blonde white girl mm-hmm. from, you know, Brentwood. And the cops are just like, no. You don't need this. So she couldn't get it. I feel like if
1: anyone, if anyone does, it's that description.
3: <laughs> I know. In reality, yes. Yeah. But, you know, I guess in Hancock Park, they were just like, mm, doesn't sound like a threat to us. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah. That's
1: yeah. That's scary. And awesome for us. We can continue our drive-bys. <laughs> <laughs> True. I guess I, I guess I should look at that way. So how um, – where did Where did you grow up? I grew up in Arizona. Oh, where in Arizona? Scottsdale. Gary went to college in Arizona.
2: Uh. Yeah, in Tucson.
3: Oh really? What yeah. year are you?
2: I uh, graduated '07.
1: You graduated college in 07? Yeah, he's young. Fuck you! <laughs> Sorry, but you know what? Because I, I feel the same amount of fuck you to young people, Yeah. and they're they make them even younger than Gary. It's so creepy, and they're in our workforce. No, I know. Isn't it weird?
3: They're like functioning, like they have apartments. Yes, I know. They're they, not. They're not. They're not living even... with their parents anymore.
1: I know. It's so fucked up. I know. Well, wait, how old are you? 33. Okay. See, I'm 37, so. I know. It's I'm all older fun. than everyone. It's,
3: none of it's fun. It's Mm-mm. just annoying.
1: No. What age were you happiest at?
3: Now. I, I mean, I, my early 20s, I was so depressed. I mean, I'm finally off so Zoloft. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not anorexic anymore. I'm in a better, way better place. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just, I think, with work stuff, I just, ha- I'm just relaxed. I just have, like you know things kind of figured out yeah. as much as you can but um i don't i'm not as desperate as i once felt right desperate for um just uh success mm-hmm. you know
1: success and like ego gratification basically how how did you get get to a place where you aren't um in such, like, dire need for that?
3: I think I honestly exhausted myself. I don't <laughs> think it was – I don't think I, you know, achieved any sort of enlightenment through therapy, you know, though I have been a lot and spent, you know, most of my money there. But, <laughs> but no, I think I just really exhausted myself. I think that, um, you know, the internet has really not only democratized comedy but also just attention in general. Mm-hmm. So now I sort of do get a little bit of that from – Online, (laughs) and uh, and I don't know. It just has like you know. Everything else is sort of just my need for other things has sort of just weakened in a way. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of this last year, you know, I was pitching a show. I did a pilot and i i you know i don't know i I had a lot of things i wrote a movie like i had all of these things like kind of like percolating i was like what's gonna go what's gonna be you know and just hitting it so hard Mm -hmm. um and then i didn't sell the show and then i uh the movie you know is a movie which i didn't realize when you're doing the studio thing it's like fucking forever and may never get made Mm -hmm. you know and then the pilot was like i'm out of my contract i don't know If it's going or if it's not going, whatever. And it's just, I realized like I can't control any of this. So I think December rolled around and I was just like, I'm fucking exhausted. Nothing fucking works, you know? It's like I hadn't worked. I hadn't, uh, usually I'm, you know, doing, you know, usually I'm acting as well. And I wasn't acting. I was like putting all of my efforts into writing Mm -hmm. Um, just because I, I sort of, I think at the beginning of the year, realized, oh, I can have way more control over my life and say what I want to say. So so it was like that – this whole year was like a huge transition and nothing was fucking sticking. Nothing, you know? And I was in New York with Jason and I was just like, I don't – I mean, I fucking give up, man. I'm done. I need a break. I need a vacation and I just need to be over this. And then I got the book deal, like literally, uh, you know, two days later. And I have to say I called my sister and I said, I don't – you know, I – I think this book deal is going to go through. I kind of had a feeling and I said, Mm -hmm. and to be honest, I'm like so exhausted. I can't even, you know, I don't know if it's even going to fill that what I thought it would, you know, what I thought it would for me. Because like a day later, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I don't even know how to write a book, you know, then you get (laughs) back into that, like, how can I beat myself up for other things? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, now I just don't care. I don't care as much. I'm kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm good.
1: Yeah. I think that's sort of the weird downs or the weird flip side of learning how to handle the disappointments and rejection is oh, yeah. that the things that you get, there isn't that same elation. No. Or, well, or it's like it's going to short lived. Oh, it's so short lived. Yeah. So short lived. So, where do we find happiness and contentment? I mean, there's doing mm. drive bys, of course. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I think you honestly like. I I think that in letting go and in really giving up and surrendering and saying, I'm not really that important, like in the scheme of life, like Mm -hmm. my therapist keeps saying to me, she's like, Jenny, like, you know, you don't really matter. Like, think about the world. Like, it's not, I think we just get so focused on ourselves and we're like, everyone hates us. I'm not good enough. Like, you know, other people are doing this. It's just like, who cares? Nobody's that fucking important at all. And, you know, who matter who they are. And I've also watched Jason's trajectory, you know, it's like. I mean he's not any more happy you know with the the fame and the you know uh, i mean i might om- almost argue that people who have that it's like another curse i know that's because that's, that's then, a scary thing is oh that God. i
1: think everyone because uh, at the end of the day you
3: always feel bad like yes. after you go and everyone's like i love you ego like you know they're petting you on set they're doing your hair they're washing your face off for you when you're done they do that for I've, fucking him, I'm like, what? I've never had someone wash my makeup off. Of is that? Like, I think what? it's a male actor thing. Oh wow. He's like, they what? do a hot towel on me. I was like, who fucking are you?
1: Because one of my least favorite things is removing makeup. I, yeah. I feel like, why is makeup not just peel off already? <laughs> just put on our yeah. whole face in the morning. Yeah, and then male peel actors it off. like
3: go and get their makeup removed after wow. working. It's so weird. Wow. But um, but yeah, like I just think um, you know, you you get that all day, and then you go home. It's like no matter what you nobody has the ego strength to handle that. It's mm-hmm. you're going to come down. So these high highs with our business, it's like, you know, sometimes you feel on top of the world. Sometimes I'll write something, I'll be like, I'm a genius. And then like ten <laughs> seconds later I'm like, this sucks. I hate myself. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just think letting go and just surrendering to like, it doesn't matter. I'm not that fucking important. Mm-hmm. And who cares? <laughs>
1: I mean, really.
3: Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. How did you um so you grew up in Arizona. How did you get into performing? Well,
3: my parents divorced when I was two. So I started performing then because I needed to sort of survive and navigate. Mm-hmm. And my parents were dating other people. Like, you know, they were always dating someone new, marrying someone new. And I just uh, was a Were there a lot of
1: step parents coming oh, in yeah. and out?
3: Oh, tons. And step siblings. And my mom moved around a lot. So I just had to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't start acting until I was like seventh grade or something. I think I did a play. What
1: a late bloomer. I mean, (laughs) I hear
3: these kids. I mean, Jason had his SAG card. He was like five. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, but uh, I remember being on stage. I was like, oh my God, my dad has to sit in a dark room and just listen to everything I have to say. This is the best gig ever. And that was kind of how I you know unhealthily chose that as a career path. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and then what happened?
1: So that was 7th grade. And then okay. I went
3: to UCLA for theater mm-hmm. and I graduated like 3 year, three years later I graduated. Um Did you gra- did you I w- Do 4 years or did you graduate fast? I graduated fast. I was just Not like you. eager to like start life. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, and then I w- I was living in Germany for a while. I was back here. What were you doing in Germany? I well there I kind I did some post college studies over there, and I lived with a family and and uh, I speak German <laughs> and so it was kind of just one of those things that like I needed to do mm-hmm. um also when I finally decided to go live there, it was like um you know, I was graduated uh from college my everybody I knew m- my entire peer group they were still in mm-hmm. and I was just melting down. I mean, I was isolating myself. I was going on auditions. I lost like a really big screen test. I wasn't eating and I'm just like, I need to get the fuck out of here and diversify. So I ended up in Germany with this Yugoslavian family and um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I was really depressed when I th- actually look back on that time, but now, you know, every memory is better. Yes. The, yeah.
1: hey, have you experienced what I've experienced, which is where the memory and the nostalgia starts setting in, like while you're still in the experience, like, and you have that oh, awareness. Interesting. That I'm not. Hap- this happened to me at South by Southwest because uh-huh. I used to write about music, so I would always go to South by Southwest. Oh, cool! A big music festival. Now it's another yeah. thing festival, and I remember the like the ninth time I went. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm. This is this is I'm. This is not that fun anymore to me because right. I don't want to like go nuts and do what everyone's doing, and it's right. just you know I don't I don't need to have this kind of experience. I'm kind of glad it's over. I was standing in the hotel room, and yet – and I was aware that I know I will remember this as much more fun than it was. I already do. I already feel a little bit sad (laughs) it's over even though I'm happy it's over. Yes.
3: Yes. Totally. I'm always like that on vacation near the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just a a very kind of sentimental, maybe almost melancholic person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a little bit of that as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay, so you um, you were in Germany, and then, then what happened? And then I came back, you know? I am I was just like, um,
3: you know, I mean, I just needed to, like st- – because, you know, being in Germany, it was great, but I was also sort of hiding from my life, mm-hmm. you know? So I had to come
1: back and deal. And, you know, I came back and um, – Were there – do you mean – Hiding from your life, like hiding from the things you were trying to work on and get going? Or were there like specific situations that you well, just Well, I was hiding from like on? having to be an actress. I never wanted to be an actress. I was always
3: just like, uh, people who th- – this sucks. You know, I didn't – you know, when I was in school, before I actually was acting in the real world, I was like, oh, it's so fun. You know, um, I get to be the lead in every play. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know, you just have a different impression of it. And then you get out and you're just like, wait, so I'm just sort of – a glorified hooker <laughs> like i just go not like i'm having sex with people but i'm just go, going to these auditions and like standing there and be like am i the one you want like I let know. me read this auditions for you. really like, do make you feel like a whore there's oh, something yeah. very demeaning about it it's so demeaning i mean yesterday i had <laughs> yesterday because now i'm like kind of in book mode but i'm still my agents has forced me to to do some stuff mm-hmm. and uh I couldn't find where they wanted us to park and they weren't letting people on the Fox lot yesterday. So I'm like, tell them uh, I'm not coming in for this. You can let the producers know that I won't be reading (laughs) this part. And, um, you know, when they want to treat actors like human beings and not cattle, I, uh, you know, will entertain something that, you know, a a project that they're involved in. Uh, Because I can't deal anymore. It's like I spent – all of my early 20s just traipsing around town being like you know jumping through this hoop and that hoop and being like am i good and and judging my own like self-worth on like whether i got stuff you yes. know it's like i've lost so many like roles that would have like changed the course of my life and like i'm always like you know you could just taste it and you're right there and you're just like this is going to be the one you know mm-hmm. and when it's not you're just like <laughs> you know now now what happens are
1: there any that are like oh that one's the one that was the most painful mm,
3: i mean yes but it's funny cuz the the ones that you would know aren't the ones that were the most painful it's like ones that you wouldn't even you know they didn't even turn into anything right. that but it was just when it happened and what do you mind saying what some of the
1: ones that we would know are uh oh my god i'm so embarrassed. well I talk, I see. Okay, I talk about stuff that I don't get. Yeah, and I, but then I think maybe I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I have set a precedent of doing it, <laughs> so feel have free. You? Yeah, but if you don't want to, that's okay too.
3: I just always like don't want to. I just don't want to do it because I don't want to like because I've ha- I've ended up working on some of those shows. Okay. You know, and then you're there and you're like, by the way, I tested for the lead and they fucking loved me, but I'm not black. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever. I
1: just hate. I Yeah, I just don't. That, that's totally fine. You know? Okay. No problem. Um, Now, do you have the reaction I do? And I should say the types of auditions are kind of all the same, I yeah. suspect, although it sounds like yeah. you're talking you're talking about acting stuff, right? I go out mm-hmm. for more like ho- hosting stuff. So mm-hmm. it's different in that respect. But it's not that different. Right. Um, but when I find out I didn't get something, then I feel – well, I, don't, I haven't gotten that that much lately. But I used to get this – in. it was this feeling of almost like incredible – What did I do wrong? Yes, but like humiliation. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I bet that not only was I not right – it wasn't like I was close but not right. It's like they were probably like, what the fuck is this weirdo coming? Like right. I was so wrong for it I was like barely even convincing as a human being. Like this oh, complete just negation of me, of my existence. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: It makes you feel like shit. Yeah. And then you realize, especially like writing, now I realize I'm like, all I want to write is like, you know, people who look like cartoons. Like I don't even, it's not even about, you know, I I mean, I guess sometimes you'll see a read and you're like, oh, that, that kid's amazing. But I just want to write people that like look like exactly what you just have it in your head, what you see, and mm-hmm. it's hard to really
1: see anything else. So, so you think it it, it does come, it's it does come time, down to the way the person looks,
3: I don't, kind of. And I feel like you almost know before they even open their mouth, like if it's right or not. Mm-hmm. I think you know Jason gets seen on a lot of things just because, like he is who he is and it's like such a waste of his time because it's n- never going to be him. He's not right for this or they, you know, they aren't looking for somebody.
1: You mean like that he comes in because of his stature? Well, because they'll be like, okay,
3: well, yeah, we'll see like all, you know, sort of people, namey people who are this age who could be right. in a movie, you know, by the Coen brothers, but then, you know, or whatever. And then it's like at the end of the day, no, they're going to cast the guy that looks like, you know, whatever. It's not mm-hmm. going to be. Right. Right, you know, so there's that so as well.
1: Were you, um, but write- you do take
3: it so personally. I totally yeah.
1: understand what you're saying. Have you met anyone who has a better take on it, like a healthier outlook? Or mm, no, I think getting rejected
3: is so hard. Especially, I think it's different when you're a performer or a host. Mm-hmm. I think when you're a writer, it's easier because it's like, oh, you didn't, you don't like this pitch because you know you're not developing, you know female comedies or you're not whatever it doesn't feel like a judgment on you personally yeah even some of the reject because you know i got some rejections with the book and it was like things like you know that were just so out of my control and just had nothing to do with the writing and um it's like that rolls off your back a little bit Mm -hmm. easier i think performing is so hard because you just can't help but take it personally yeah I know. And really, it's like you could have never changed their mind ever, no matter what. If you had fucking
1: sprinkled pixie dust all over that room, <laughs> nothing would be different. Yeah. You know? I know. I know. And yet, I think it's so tempting to, to be like, oh, I just, if I just had, I just need to change my attitude. And if I had just gone yeah. in there different, I'd smiled differently or whatever. No. Anyway. Never, never.
3: And the jobs you're supposed to
1: get, you get. Like, yeah. Literally. Yeah.
3: It's always the shit that you're like. I don't even care or need this. That's when everything ends up. You know, they're like, really? Well, she's interesting. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the way she doesn't have the scent of want desperation. Us? Yeah, all over. yeah. Um, how did you meet Jason? We did
3: a movie called My Best Friend's Girl together, mm-hmm. um, and my sister knew somebody. She knew uh, the man, the produ- uh No, she knew the writer, the guy who repped the writer was like dating my sister casually and we were both up for the movie and he was like, well, you know, I'm going to send your sister the audition tapes, you know, just to let her see like her competition mm-hmm. just because he wanted to fuck Sam. I mean, not because he wanted to help me out. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. I mean, and he didn't have any real power. Uh, but so he sends me like all the codes to watch everyone else's audition and which kind of, you know, g- goes – towards what you were saying earlier it's like i watched all these girls these girls that like i have you know been intimidated by forever or like oh she's you know and then you Mm -hmm. watch you're like oh they're not doing anything different (laughs) that's the reality right and um and then he goes well it's between two guys for this for the guy role and we watch the tapes one is jason biggs and one is this other guy um i now know that it was this guy todd grinnell but at the time i didn't no Todd so I was like Mm -hmm. oh okay well I probably want the other guy because you know because I'm just used to like rooting for the underdog because I look at myself as the underdog yeah so I was like yeah fuck Jason Biggs I'm not I'm not into that guy you know and I hadn't seen any of his movies so I really just wrote him off as being like totally fluff and lightweight (laughs) and then I watched the audition and I was like oh god he's really good and I kind of had to eat my words and I called Doug back and I was like um, yeah, you have to cast Jason, and I might be in love with him. <laughs> from he, just from watching? He was just so – yeah, he just like killed – I mean still I think is one of my favorite things I've ever seen him do. I think the audition was better than how he ended up – he did get the role and and how he ended up doing it in the movie. I really still like the audition better. It was just like so fucking – on like he just hit it it was so it was just right was he doing it with someone just a reader but he Mm -hmm. was just so good and so present and just like really free and i was just like this guy's this guy has it what was the role like forgive me i have not Um, seen the movie he plays a guy that's like obsessed with kate hudson and um you know she falls for dane cook instead Mm -hmm. um but he was he just nailed it and uh and yeah, and so then a few days later, he calls. He's like, well, would you go on a double date with him and your sister and I? And now, mind you, I'm I'm still not cast in the movie. Jason's not cast in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm going to tell a guy. I don't know that he doesn't have any power at the time. And I'm like, oh. I'm, there's no way I'm going to tell a guy who reps the writer that I'm not going to go. Yeah. Out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go on this. Even though it was like a little bit, you know, I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I was actually serious. I mean, I don't think I want to like – I just had never dated an actor. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. looking to get involved with an actor because I usually hate actors. Right. But um, Samantha's like, come on. You're coming. Let's do this. Uh, Is is your sister older or younger? 16 months younger.
1: Oh, you guys are very close in age. Yeah,
3: very close. And so then I went on the date and met Jason. And the first thing out of his mouth was like, I'm going to go to the Coke I'm going to go in the bathroom and do some coke. Also, I hate black people. I was like, what? (laughs) Who the fuck is this? I hate this guy. And then, you know, over the... I realized he was kidding. And, Uh you know, he kind of broke the ice. And, um, yeah. And then he got cast and... That I did. is a
1: really ballsy opening line if it took you a little like, while to what? realize he's kidding. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> and I had never dated a,
3: a performer, you know? I
1: was used to dating, you know,
3: just sort of recluses. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, fucking this guy. Um, and then he got the role. And then, of course, I started to hate him again because I was like, what? He got the role? And I haven't heard anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and so then he goes to Boston and then I found out that I got, then I found out that I booked and I ended up in Boston and three months later we were, you know, inseparable and six months later we were engaged and nine months later we were married. (laughs) It was all very Mm fast. Mm-hmm.
1: Had you, had you, um, what was it do you think about him that made, he's just like,
3: Oh my god, I don't he is just like he's my soulmate. I mean, he really is perfect for me. And he he is the reason that I am where I am at now. Like he's the reason that I've like opened up so much and I and I don't think I'd be writing if I weren't with him. I don't think that I would feel the freedom to say the things that I say if I if he weren't in my life. Mm-hmm. He's just been such a huge influence and sort of muse for me so yeah i mean and he's also like a girl which i love i mean he was raised by all women so like he cooks cleans he's sitting down and knows what an espadrille is (laughs) and he's just part you know he's my partner in crime like he's in on the caper and he Mm -hmm. wants to go along for the journey and that is just i mean that's what you really want in a partner
1: did are you someone who believed that you would always find
3: uh... no? My parents are divorced, they've been married more times than like I mean, <laughs> there. No, I never, I wasn't really, I never even wanted to get married, mm-hmm. but um, I ended up in these long relationships. You know, I was with a guy for two years, and then I was with a guy for four and a half years, and um, and then you know, I met Jason and it just kind of all came together. I think also um I don't know. I mean, I was kind of going to save some of this for the book, but basically uh we kind of got engaged secretly. We didn't tell his family. And we were kind of just like, you know, spending the holidays back east, nothing, you know, n- we didn't say anything to anybody. And then I got pregnant. And then I had to tell my parents like um I'm pregnant and and that was like crazy because I was like Oh, my God. Now something has fucking hijacked my life. (laughs) Do I even know this guy? And I started freaking out. Um, And then, you know, we decided we're like, okay, well, we're going to do this because I knew I was in love with him, you know. Um, And then three months later, I had a miscarriage. And Mm -hmm. after that, that really got me over my fear of marriage because I would have dated Jason forever and probably never married him. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and And the engagement thing was like, you know he it was sort of his idea and i was like i don't have to actually like do anything about this we're not even telling people you know i right. kind of took it not as really like it's serious like a pressure. commitment plus <laughs> yeah exactly and um and then when i miscarried i was like oh my god like i'm willing to have a kid with this guy and what is i mean marriage i don't marriage pales in comparison to like everything that i feel like we had gone through mm-hmm. um and then so you know we got married it was just so Easy, and for somebody like me, I just never would have. I never would have married him. We would have just been together Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't. You know, it's not something I didn't like take marriage that seriously, but I just didn't want to. um, You know, be my parents. Yeah. What was your wedding like? Well. We eloped on the side of a road in Calabasas with this woman that looks like come-to-the-light Carol Ann. She was like (laughs) you know, marrying us. And we met her at uh, this Kinko's. And she's like uh, – you see that guy over there? He's like this 40-year-old guy with a lazy eye. She's like, that's my son. He's going to be your witness.
1: We we were in our pajamas.
3: You eloped, meaning you didn't tell anyone? We did. We just like couldn't – we weren't going to wait to like have a wedding. We just didn't really – I didn't want – and, you know, anybody to be like controlling it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Again, like I didn't mar- – I was never the girl who was like, I need the white dress and I yeah. need – you know. So so we did that and then a few week- months later, yeah, my family and, you know, I think Jason too. I think Jason because he is more the girl was like, I want a wedding. <laughs> so we had a wedding in Napa mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, a bit more traditional except that we served breakfast for dinner and our cake was
1: um, a Rice Krispie t- treat. Tiered. Uh-huh. So, do, do you think that took the pressure off of it have have off the big the Napa ceremony since you guys had already
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. Made, yeah.
1: Except we're like fighting
3: out in front of, you know, because your family like just brings back all of your family of origin shit. And you're just <laughs> like, oh, my God, this person's here and this person I'm being triggered all over the place. And uh, we're fighting outside the house the night before. And he's like, what, what, you, you, do you just not want to do this? I was like, we're already married. <laughs> <laughs> it's too fucking late, dude. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it's like everything worked out. It was just mm-hmm. like it's how it had to happen for me.
1: It really it's crazy. Um, was was that hard when you miscarried? No,
3: I was psyched. I was, like, so happy. I'm like, I'm free, you know, because I wasn't ready to be a mom. I really wasn't. I was just willing to do it because I loved him. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know, I was 28 and I was just like, this is the next step. And I do want to have children eventually. And I love this guy. And I'm not – I'm with I'm with somebody I love. I'm, I can't not do it. It's obviously meant to be to happen mm-hmm. it's meant to be and uh you know but then when I miscarried I was just like oh my god i was <sighs> <I'm> so happy <laughs> yeah it's so evil because like we, we we joke about like our like unborn child <laughs> like I mean we were really <laughs> cavalier with other people that probably weren't ready to like hear you know things that were maybe of a darker tone yeah but
1: well, yeah that's their problem then right exactly Um, something I want to ask you about because it's something that has been coming up with repeated frequency on this show, much to Gary's, uh, sad, no, he's shaking his head. (laughs) He's going to sue me for sexual, not, it's not sexual harassment, but just, um,
2: Uh, I'm sorry. I have a recording of you saying you're doing it just to fuck with me. So yes, it is.
1: I'm not really doing it just to fuck with you.
2: I'm not, I'm deleting that recording for the lawsuit. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Um, periods because- lately the flow situation has just been uh like unexpectedly heavy at inopportune times and uh-huh. i know that you wrote about yes. um, about a disaster you had yes what happened
3: well i was so this was the feature so i so th- this company broken road uh they decided to develop my feature and you know, at this time, like I hadn't. This was one of the first writing situations I, you know, was in ever, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna wear all black and let them project whatever bullshit they have onto me, <laughs> and I'm just gonna be really writerly. And you know, I just didn't know what I was doing necessarily, and I just kind of agreed with everything. I was in like a, you know, an hour. Or- uh, maybe like hour and a half note session. And I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally that needs to happen. You know, just like bullshitting them. And then, the, you know, afterwards the guy's like, great, so we'll meet up after the break and everything is going to be great. I stand up, this guy's fucking white Santa Monica, like rich guy office. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. Ugh. Like it looks like I miscarried on the guy's couch. <laughs> I was like, is that my baby? No, but it was like really bad. It was like a Rorschach of blood. Were you not scrawled. aware at all? Like were you not? No, no, you know, what? like sometimes you just don't yes. feel it. Mm-hmm. I had a tampon in, but it was just like, you know, breaching the gate. Right. And um, I was like an all guy situation. There were no women around. And I just looked. The other two left the room and I just grabbed him. I threw my purse over. I was like, Todd, listen to me. I just bled on your couch. And he's looking at me like I have a, you know, a paper cut or something. And, right. and I was like, no, I just bled out of my pussy all over <laughs> your fucking white couch. And he's just like, ah, uh. you know, obviously that's never happened. Yeah. um, You know, his assistant had to come in, this gay guy who like never deals with, with vaginas ever. Right. And we're scrubbing it off and <laughs> just. So sick. And so later I leave mortified and my agents call. They're like, so how'd the meeting go? It was good. They gave me some notes. I mean, I bled all over them and we're meeting up after the break. Uh, But no, and then I sent him a couple of days later, two bottles of red wine. And I said, Todd, I got you red, you know, to match your couch. Uh, but you know, the last time I was in there, they sprawled out a giant beach towel for me. Oh, that's, and now see, they're just they're joking about it. Yeah, that's nice. And then. he says it now he uses it as an icebreaker when people come in, which oh, I think is disgusting funny. because they're sitting right on the exact cushion I bled on.
1: See, I can't figure out. How, every time I talk about it, I feel like I'm committing a transgression. Although now I'm getting comfortable with it. The yeah. first time I did, though, I can't yeah. figure out like how upsetting and awful it is for other people to have to hear about it or i mean to, to women i think it's fine mm-hmm. but i feel like why are more women not talking about it unless they just have yeah. this under control and i don't i don't know but, no, but ever I since i started do. talking about it yeah um more people have been writing in talking about their own horrible yeah. situation so i yeah. think it is not that uncommon it's just I seriously – I felt like I, like, shit myself when no. it happened to me in public. Yeah. I think society just shames us for this yeah. stuff. And, you know, again, we're forced to act like we're
3: totally – nothing ever happens. I'm, you know, completely together and, right. you know, I just don't I, – I don't know. I don't have that shame,
1: like – I'm I'm getting rid of it. Yeah. The shame about it. But I also feel like tampon manufacturers. Yeah. How about, like, putting some – uh. Energy or money into researching what something actually works. that actually yeah I mean yeah, yes you're right. what, what you're providing works but I feel like there could be something innovation else. Have you heard of this thing called Diva the Div- Cup ah! Someone someone wrote oh. to me about it and oh my I God. <laughs> yeah it was one of those I check my phone early in the morning yeah. and sometimes in the middle of the night if I can't sleep so it was one of those like I can bear it like my my. Uh, here's a new thing that's been happening as I'm yeah. getting older it takes long I have um twenty twenty vision but in the morning like I cannot focus that well so it's taking oh. longer and longer for my eyes to focus uh-huh. so it's one of those blurry like trying to punch in diva cup on my phone right. and then looking like pulling it up and thinking could that really work it's like so disgusting. Have you tried it? Well, somebody gave me one for
3: free, and it, it literally looks like a shot glass slash like diaphragm, mm. where it just like fills up with blood, and I guess you just like are supposed to hook it out of you. I mean, yes. that would be everywhere. You're supposed
1: to, I read you're supposed to be like you. you pull see, it this is out. too much. You put all it right. in, and then you like hook turn it counter and but, but then then you hook thing. it
3: while well, it's full of blood out of you. Like I spill everything. Oh. I mean, I spill like <laughs> out, this kombucha is probably going to be all over the place like in a matter of minutes. Like. My blood would be everywhere. Yeah. And already big? I like b- sometimes bleed on the bed or – I mean I'm just like not yeah. suited to be having a period. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm not good we at it. We should be able to opt out. Yeah. How I know. How big is Jason this- would be great at it. He's so OCD. He'd be like <laughs> so all over that shit. How big is this diva cup thing? It's pretty small but you can get like an extra large.
1: I'm <laughs> but I feel like I fill up I'm more than a shot glass. I think I could fill what, up like an eight asking. ounce bottle of something. It wasn't Like I was saying, I need something yeah. to fit my gigantic no. vaginal canal. You right. know, I'm saying that.
3: No, it doesn't it seems feel like it'll be more than and that. it gets. You know how you f- know that when it's time to be changed? It fucking gets heavy. So like, imagine if that dropped all over Todd. Can you imagine? That'd be worse. Yeah, like,
1: so What? what Sorry, guys. That? My diva <laughs> cup is all over you. <laughs> Ew. So Jason is OCD massively. Yeah. How does that? Now, where do you fall on the OCD spectrum? I mean, I'm obsessive compulsive about like what I eat and exercising. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty do you disciplined with work. Have um, rules or requests about what kind of food you guys keep in the house?
3: No, actually, like sometimes just to fuck with him, if I'm mad at him, I'll buy a shitload of ice cream because oh, I'm so the, dis- di- di- the discipline it. to like not touch it uh-huh. and he's just so weak. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of fun sometimes.
1: <laughs> so and he's OCD about cleanliness though.
3: Yeah. And just everything in general. I mean, he's he's very OCD. Does... He'll, he'll like, you know, check doors. He'll be like, I "Don't wear your shoes inside." You know, he like freaks <laughs> out about that kind of thing. Um, yeah, and he thinks I'm just like a mess. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I I if I there's a, if I the toilet paper if the, to- uh, you know, like little whatever it is where you put the toilet paper. Uh, the roll? Mean? Toilet paper roll?
1: The roll. Their
3: ha- the roll thing? hanger. Yeah. yeah. If it needs a new roll, I will just set another roll on top of it. I won't actually Oh, I do that it. sometimes. And he's just yeah. like, are you a total
1: heathen? Like, what is wrong with you? Well, what's your reasoning? Because I have the reasoning I don't that know. I do I right? know. I guess I'm
3: not thinking probably. I'm probably just on Twitter getting, you know, my ego <laughs> massaged. <laughs>
1: right. See, for me, I'll be like. Well, there's like a square and a half left. Someone yeah. could use that. Yeah. Oh, me uh, too. I always think that. Yeah. Or I think, or I'm in a rush or something. Yeah. Or one time, um, we have two bathrooms in our place, and one of them I, I use only occasionally. And right. so I was in there, and it was like the first time I was trying to change the toilet paper, and so I don't know how I did this, but somehow I like it springed out of the little holder. Yeah. And then in and in plopped into the toilet. Oh no! So, yeah, that's so a whole other
3: disaster. Yeah. Yes,
1: it was. It was yeah. awful because yeah. it involved having I to hate- get a Ziploc bag, yeah. turn it – I don't know why I turned it inside out now that I think about it, but I did and Ugh. then like scooped – and-,
3: and what's weird is literally I will pull pieces of poop like off my dog's ass like and I don't even care. Mm. But then if I have to get near like my own feces, <laughs> I just can't handle it. And I will not change my nephew's diaper. My sister has a kid now. Mm-hmm. My sister actually married Jason's best friend.
1: Oh, that's so cute. Yeah.
3: So they have a kid and I can't. I can't deal. Did
1: you guys introduce them?
3: Sort of. So I owed her one, you know, since (laughs) she introduced me. But what's funny, I think this is just so great. I'm on my, you know, quasi-honeymoon- with Jason and Duran, who is his best friend, on Duran's boat in Greece. And he has this this fiancé at the time. And she's just like, I've heard, like, weird things about your sister. Like, my friend said that she totally stole her boyfriend. And my sister's not that girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all, you know. And so I'm defending my sister. I was like, my sister would never do that to another girl. My sister's not that way. You totally have the wrong impression of Sam because Sam is just, you know, she, she just would never do that to another girl. Little do I know, I'm talking to the woman, Samantha will now marry this girl's fiance and have a baby with him. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, n- nothing happened when he, he actually broke up with this girl mm-hmm. and called off his engagement. But, uh, you know, maybe like two, two under two months later, he and my sister all of a sudden were like, oh, hey, you know, <laughs> and, it, and then, you know, married within a year or something. Oh, so so it is kind of funny. Do you guys live near each other? Kind of, yeah. I live like five miles from them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Have you and your sister always got along? We didn't. No. She lived with my mom through high school and I lived with my dad because my mom, like at 12, told me she didn't know how to be a mom anymore. It was basically like sent us to my dad's to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my sister just, you know, kind of like, you know, begged her to like come back and live in California. And I was just like, no, I need to go to an Ivy League school. I need I need structure. I can't be with you. You know, my mom is like the type of woman who at 15 said to me, like, um, you're going to need to get a fake ID if you want to keep hanging out with me. <laughs> so that's what I was dealing with. And yeah. she would always scream at Samantha, like, Samantha, no smoking pot in the house on weeknights. Well, so so there, were,
1: there were some rules. There were some
3: loose <laughs> rules. Uh, yeah, so Samantha and I weren't that close. And actually, I think when a parent – you know, parents are both kind of narcissists. And when you don't have a parent uh, – when you don't feel like there's enough of your parent to go around – it creates a competition between you and that other sibling because mm-hmm. you just feel like oh, i need to get my needs met and like you know anything any you know anything that any time that mom or dad is spending like not on me you know it's like somehow i'm slighted by so so Samantha and i didn't really get along well and then um we lived together in our 20s in LA which was hilarious because you can only imagine having never really you know lived under the same roof. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden being on our own and living together, it was psychotic. (laughs) Uh, And that lasted like only a year. Um, But we've gotten closer now, now that she's um, not as big of a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) And have you stayed the same? I'm pretty much, yes. I'm just, I've always been amazing. (laughs) Okay. That seems fair enough. (laughs) I've always been very stable.
1: (laughs) Do you get along with your mom now?
3: Um, As, like, a friend, I don't really feel like I have, like, a mom in my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: She's more my friend or slash my kid. Uh, <laughs> she always felt like a big sister I was trying to keep up with more than anything, you know? But, um, yeah, I think I try not to, like, need that from her. And I think mm-hmm. it really affects me in, in just my relationships in general. My girlfriends, you, I had this thing that I – in the pitch part of the something something that I did you know say was that I got my two best girlfriends b f f necklaces giving each of them half a heart but myself a whole heart to underscore <laughs> the fact that I don't need them as much as they need me and that really sums up like you know just my you know my sort of just my relationships in general it's hard mm-hmm. to be vulnerable and intimate and close to people uh when you grow up feeling like um
1: you know, it's not safe. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison, from before. Don't forget to download part two, bright and early on Thursday. I love you.
2: Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen Show.
1: and rose and show